All right, hello and welcome to episode one of Underdogs. My name is Jacob Eman, and my co-host here is named David Patrick Fleming. How are you doing today, David? Doing good. Excited to uh, get the first long-awaited episode under our belt. Uh, for anybody who's used to uh, a podcast we used to do called The Buck and Tabby Show, it's basically still just us, but we're just trying to find a format that allows us to create more content more frequently. So we're going to uh, attempt to uh, record every weekday and uh, not where the Buck and Tabby show. We were kind of putting out one episode, uh, you know, every few weeks or so. Yeah, we're going to we're going to try and do this daily. Don't be upset if it doesn't happen. You know, we've got other lives where we don't do anything that require us to do nothing sometimes maybe we'll be too hungover to do a show maybe you know who knows what's going to happen but our goal is to try and record for you every day talk to you about the toronto sports world uh excluding hockey yeah let's be clear about what we mean by toronto sports world i probably won't talk about the rock probably won't talk about cfl either there's probably a lot of sport let's be real clear that it's mostly raptors and blue jays because uh that's after that, it would get a bit rough in uh, our understanding. Yeah, that's true. But we will also be talking about other NBA teams, NBA stories, MLB stories, not just Blue Jays, not just Raptors, but mostly just basketball and baseball. We prefer sports with balls, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, all right, so today we're going to, you know, we're, we're back, and so is sports. You're certain are you certain that you're gonna see this being thrown in a legit major league game and threes being nailed in a in a in a regulation NBA game? You're certain about that? I feel pretty certain about that, yeah. I think uh I think they have to at this point. They've they've put so much planning all of this into it. What's gonna stop them now? I mean the, Well things are getting worse in the States, right? And, <laughs> but it's already disastrous, especially in Florida, where this NBA bubble is going to be. Like, how much worse could it get that they're going to be like, oh, I guess we should. Well, so let me throw this at this. you. Let me throw this at you. A player dies. What do you do? Yeah. Now, to be fair, people have been dying all over the place. Doctors have died at their at their line of work. They didn't shut down the hospitals. People have been dying. But can you continue a season if a player dies and i hope that doesn't happen but it's something to consider absolutely because every day uh, i get these notifications that another player has it another player has it, another player has it now no player seems to uh being hospitalized because of it but even i was reading something yesterday that said rudy gobert still has symptoms yeah, still from having COVID-19. symptoms well he's still like can't taste right or can't smell right and it's like all right yeah, I definitely didn't care about what his symptoms were after I read them. I was like, and part of me still feels like, yeah, you deserve it because you touched the mics. Yeah. But that seems like a year ago where that happened. Oh, my God. I know. But, yeah, he does deserve it. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, but yeah true. I think I, I think I would be surprised if anyone died before the season started. So, like, I could see someone dying and then being like, all right, 
time to call it, but hopefully, hopefully by that point, I've gotten to see the first round of the playoffs, second round of the playoffs. <laughs> you know, hey guys, if any of you feel like you're gonna croak it, you think you could just kind of wait until I get into the playoffs and I can kind of get my sports. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. I need that. I need. Well, I, need... I, I think. I need sports too, man. Also sort of forget what it's like. It's sort of like if you're in a long distance relationship with someone and you've been away from them too long, you just sort of forget what they're like. You forget why you love them, what it's like to be around them, why they make you feel good. I'm just sort of, I know that I love sports, but I don't feel it in my heart yet. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember what it feels like. I, I started to remember a bit when I saw the like opening day schedule for the NBA that's planned. And I saw that like day one is a Clippers Lakers game. And I'm just like, yes, I'm so excited to just watch a game of basketball. I'm like, I, I want to know what this bubble's going to look like, what the cameras are going to look like, who's going to be in the background, what I'm going to be able to hear in the audio. Like, I'm just so excited for this new format. Uh, I'm excited for the new format too, but it, it's a lot is going to rely on how much the players want to be, playing it like if there's a lot of reservation with players playing or, or if they're kind of feeling like they're being forced into playing you know like when you're a kid and you're playing with somebody and they're they kind of take the the attitude of like oh, i'm not trying anyway i don't care if i lose and how much that disappoints the excitement of what you're doing and it, for me if the players are kind of half-assing it or just kind of taking it easy i think that'll really really suck i don't think anyone who shows up there is going to be taking it easy like I think if 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 you have reservations about it, then you're skipping the the nine weeks or whatever it is away from your family to begin with, and not just going to kind of like oh, putts around there. It's so awkward to do that. It, there's so much that comes into saying I'm going to be one person who's not going to play. You have to like have all the rest of the players kind of question what you're doing. You have to. You know, you're kind of rejected from your social circle at that point once you've said that. So there's definitely players that are sucking it up and just moving forward with a lot of apprehension. There has to be. But don't you think don't you think as soon as that ball's thrown up in the air for the tip off that they're gonna have all of these juices going again? They're gonna be excited. Well, that's to play the whole it. problem. The juices, man, that's where the virus is. They're gonna look at that ball like a little sweaty conductor of virus that they all have to touch. I don't know, man. I hope I'm kind of, I was just thinking a while ago about the effects of the Michael Jordan documentary series on like how motivated everyone's going to be. And like, you can see it with some of these guys like Jokic, Harden, lost all this weight. Maybe, maybe it has nothing to do with that. But I, I was just imagining a lot of people taking their game to the next level because they're so inspired by seeing what Michael Jordan was like in his prime. I think that's true, but it also feels like so much time has passed since that documentary came out that it's like it's it's over now and everyone sort of like, you know, you, you sort of forget it. It's like that great night in your life. We're like, we'll never forget this night. I never want to forget this feeling. And then as weeks go by, you're like, ah, I don't know. You start to even re-remember how you viewed the documentary. <laughs> I've had moments over the last couple of weeks and I was all about that documentary. And I've had moments where I'm like, ah, Jordan's a prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I just think I think these guys are wired differently, man. I think they're going to be I think they're going to be fired up to play basketball. Are you telling me that you think I'm wired differently from a star NBA athlete? No. 
<laughs> I think you might be you maybe have a similar wire. I know that like I have I have a similar wire when it comes to doing a play or something. Before the play, I'm like, fuck, I don't wanna I do not wanna do this show tonight. Please God, let this show be canceled. Like how we felt all the time when we were doing Shakespeare in, in Hyde Park. All the time. We were like, please, rain, just give us a storm so we don't have to do this show. But if the show started, you and I are fighting out on the stage, you know, you still get excited. You do the show and you enjoy it once it's happening. Well, I love getting out of stuff. It doesn't matter even if I love doing the thing. I yeah. love getting out of work. I love getting out of plans. I love getting out of anything that I'm scheduled to do like even this morning before we film this i'm like man i hope my internet cuts out <laughs> <laughs> so i don't have to do it hope yeah. i have an excuse not to do it and then mm. oh my god i just like in now that like the city's opening back up we might have to start working again i'm like man i hope i get the disease so i don't have to do anything yeah i i got a self-tape audition sent to me yesterday or the day before for some Campbell's chunky soup commercial <laughs> and I just I couldn't do it I, and I, I actually just sent sent an email this morning to my agent because I never got back to him if I was going to do it or not so I finally this morning I was like I I listen I can't do this one and for the time being I can't do commercial auditions for right now I don't know I just don't have the heart for it I know there's not much else other than that filming right now, but I can't, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Campbell's is here with you and your family during these hard times. Go buy these old ass cans of chunky potatoes and old beef to get you through difficult times. It seems wow. like they're actually above, like we've gotten past like pandering to the times and like trying to like do heartfelt commercials about how hard everything is right now and how supported we are and all that shit. It's this was like some like master class about like being a soup friend. Friend that's also gonna... feels like hey a lot of you lost your jobs. You got no fucking money. You might as well just eat chunky soup <laughs> for the rest of your life. Hey, hey, we're here for you. It's dinner for two ninety nine. So I I want let's talk a little bit about baseball too because we're coming back. Players are reporting to I guess the Rogers Center. They're coming to Toronto on on Canada Day. Um, it seems like that's been been given the okay. They're gonna do spring summer training in Toronto um, for a sixty game season in sixty six days. Um, how do you feel about? the number of games that that the baseball players are going to play well i feel that it sort of sucks it doesn't feel like it's legitimate it feels like it's asterisks all over the place it feels like a sport that relies so much on history and statistics and 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 records and stuff this is sort of a an irrelevant season in that regard now like what else are you going to do though it's not like yeah sure they could have probably cranked it up to a hundred at some point, but they were fucking around for so long. Yeah. It came across. So like I have the biggest chip on my shoulder about all the way that that went down. And I guess I'm just going to forget about it and <laughs> watch the season. But you know, it's at some point, like there was no way they were getting 162 in, and that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the MLBPA and that wasn't the, that wasn't the MLB either. You know, it's just the way that it is. Yeah. So 60 games sucks, but, what else are you going to do? I, I'm really excited about 60 games. I love, like, 
you know, obviously I, I do enjoy a full game, a full season of baseball games, 162 games. I think maybe that's maybe that's a bit excessive. And I think 60 games isn't enough. I, I'd like somewhere in between, you know, maybe 100 games, 110 games or something in a season, personally. But I, I'm just so excited for what the mindset of these players, of the managers, of the GMs, what it's going to be like knowing that this is a sprint, that every game matters. It's it's like it's this experiment to see what 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 it's like if we change the mindset of baseball. There's no there's no dog days of summer this season. There's no just grinding through months and months. You know, play teams can know that they are out of of any chance of having a meaningful season before the trade deadline. So then you still have August and September, two months of of these guys having to play for nothing every day, just grinding. So the idea that there's 60 games and, you know, there's like 10 starts for each pitcher, everything is heightened. Everything matters. Every start matters for a pitcher. If you have one bad start that's devastating for a pitcher, I just feel like the tension is going to be so much higher, so much more exciting. It's like we all started zero in august and everyone's got a chance i love that in theory but again it comes down to what the player's mindset is yeah and i know if the player because there's like you know so many baseball players and especially like the guys that are um not even arbitration of, uh, eligible just need the money grab <laughs> they just want to show up and get the money grab so they can have an apartment to live in. They can like feed their kid or whatever. And I know it makes it sound like these dire situations with these guys making half a million dollars a year, but still like they could hurt themselves tomorrow and not be able to play. And then what the fuck are they going to do? Uh, I think 60 games is low. I do kind of like what you're saying. I, I think it would, it would take me a couple of years to get over what, certain stats mean because baseball is so stat oriented like what would hitting 300 mean in a 60 game season what would you know what would the home run leaders end up with in a 60 game season the one thing that i like about a 60 game season in terms of the blue jays is uh vladdy <laughs> like i feel like he could eat in a 60 game season i feel like that's his like his peak he's like he's good for 60 games and then he's gonna toe out I I agree, but I am worried about this season because I think if we started with 60 games when he was getting ready in spring training, I'd I'd be okay with it. Now I'm worried about this two months that he's been often in the Dominican doing God knows what, and he might need 30 games just to get back in shape. I don't think he needs to be in great shape, I guess is my point, though. I think that, you know, I think all the pitchers he's facing have had two months off, too, although... It's a lot easier to kind of well not maybe not a lot easier but it, it, you could at least see a way where pitchers could work on their pitches um by themselves somehow in whatever their homes would be yeah. wherever they live you see a lot of the guys making their own mounds wooden mm -hmm. mounds thrown to their buddy mm -hmm. they've and got I, the rapsodo and the edutronic systems all set up in their hangers or whatever <laughs> and it's like you know what it's like man when you're you you do like a, a tech run of a play or something and there's nobody in the audience there's a little bit of 
maybe you don't have quite have the adrenaline, which is kind of helpful, but it's really, um, you, there's a little bit more freedom for error. Uh-huh. And so you'll, I think you'll see these players without these fans in the stands without any kind of pressure. That's, but that's interesting to me because do you not feel that pressure? I guess it's a different kind of pressure. You know, you can kind of compare it of theater with with audiences in people in the audience versus film. Like they're still going to have cameras on them. There's still going to be people watching them from home, and you still feel a kind of pressure of a kind of adrenaline from having a camera on you when you're on set. No, it depends. It depends. Like, yeah, you do for sure. But if you're if you're like one of the leads on that film, if you're the star of that film, there's way less. Pre- you can always just do another take. You're kind of in charge. So it's like. I think there'll be still the same amount of pressure for like a young guy still trying to make it in the big leagues or somebody whose position on the team isn't quite solidified. There's still always going to be that pressure. But if you're like one of the faces of a team like Vladdy or Bo or Cavan or, you know, Grishik or, or whatever, um, you know, and I don't know because I don't know how these guys function. I don't know like where they're, they get off. So, yeah. but in theory, you could see there being a little bit less pressure i mean even look back to the spring that vladdy and bo were having they were fucking crushing the ball yeah the, the one thing though that does suck for the blue jays especially about this 60 game season is their schedule man it is a nightmare oh my god you mean just in the frequency of it no you in mean who, the teams that they're playing who they have to play the amount of games that they have to play good teams 10 games against the yankees 10 of 60 is against the Yankees, another 10 against the Red Sox, another 10 against the Tampa Bay. So Blue Jays played their best baseball last year in the end of the season against good teams. That's true. But it's and I still think just... that that is telling about like where these guys' heart rate is and how they can, how they can uh, perform with a heightened uh, bit of excitement. Again, like I'm projecting that onto them. They might not give a fuck about anything, but like, you know, fucking girls after the game. But in theory, that's a good sign. It It is. And it's also something that I'm very excited f- for us that, <laughs> that again, from my viewing, it, it, even if, uh, even if the Jays don't have a great season and they do experience a lot of toughness in the schedule, how good their opponents are, how good everyone is that they're playing, at least the majority of the games that we get to watch are against good teams. So they should be, even if the Jays aren't amazing, we're getting to watch all these other great teams all the time, you know, other than the 10 games against the Orioles. But hopefully they take advantage of of those games and smack them up, the three games against the Marlins that they have. So minor leagues are meeting today to basically solidify the fact that there's not going to be a minor league season because MLB has kind of like parted ways with their minor league teams for the moment. And so it's almost impossible for them to have a season. So... You have 60 games in the big leagues. You've got an exciting player like Austin Martin. You've got Nate Pearson down there. They're not going to be able to have any kind of minor league season. So do you just call them up for the 60 games? Do you just see what they've got? Just let them let them try to figure it out? What do you do? Well, it sounds like Nate Pearson will come up after one week. You know, it sounds like they go through a rotation once without uh Nate Pearson and then I don't think I don't think Martin sees a game 
I, I mean, I would love if he did. What do you What do you do with them? You just let them rot. You just let them age. Well, they're on this like sixty sixty man roster um, of players. They're going to be like this like backup backup squad that are in Buffalo. Um, because they have their like taxi squad of like guys who can come back and forth, and then they have this like fake minor league team. But why not just bring them up? Why not just say, you know what, man? Let's see what you've got. You've got 60 games. We're going to play you. And Listen, like, I'm why? all for that. Um, I feel like we've all learned how vulnerable our lives are in this time. We've all learned like what's important and what, what isn't important. I don't give a sweet shit about anything contractual that they have with these minor league players. And also, there's so much conflict between the union and the, and the, and the league that the next time that this thing's negotiated, everything could look different anyway. It could, so, it could, but it could also still look the same. And so I think if in their mind, a normal schedule, a normal timeline for Austin Martin would be seeing him in the bigs, either a season and a half or two seasons from now that turns his clock starting six years from this year instead of, instead of two years from now. So oh, that's such dirt though. Who cares? Just well, they let do. them come up. Exactly <laughs> <do>. though. <laughs> and potentially, and potentially we do too, because if, if he does come up and he can't hit the ball or, you know, if it's just a waste of, of bringing him up at this point, especially now, like the Jays are starting to compete. And if he is just a, a black hole in our lineup, like I, I don't see that happening, but again, I don't know that much about the true intricate differences between <laughs> college baseball and the major leagues. Obviously, it's a vast it's, expanse. Yeah, it's massive. But would you rather see him come up, look a little stupid for three weeks, start to get these glimpses, or do you want to see Derek, Derek Fisher, Fisher like? whack one once every two weeks and then we all wonder is this who he is and then he goes back to being a dump yeah no i mean if it's if it's me and it's my team you know i want to see i want to see what he does in spring training and if he sort of hangs in there with with these other kids you know he's the same age as vladdy or something obviously vladdy's a way more advanced hitter um but if he can sort of hang with people I'm I'm gonna have him on the bench. I'm gonna bring him in as a pinch runner all the time. Seems like he's got some wicked speed and instincts on the base paths, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna slot him in the lineup or or bring him in the end of games, uh, you know, once a week. And you don't uh, want these players having too much time by themselves. They'll start to wonder about other career paths. <laughs> start to change their mind about their whole life trajectory. Yeah, and and they're not gonna have. They're only gonna be playing baseball against themselves yeah i just i don't think that the mindset going into this season can be you know the playoffs are the most important thing and you know we don't want to bring up austin martin because we don't want a black hole in our lineup because we won't be able to compete i just i I think it'd be great if they make the playoffs and that'd be really exciting but i don't think that that can be the focal point of what you're going for coming going into the season because you have this opportunity to give all your young players a little bit more major league time, a little bit more development. And yeah. like, like, would you rather see Austin Martin hit 211 or Derek Fisher hit 211? 
211 is 211. Yeah. I, obviously, I'd rather see Austin Martin hit that. I think there is going to be an advancement to his schedule just by just by the fact that he's all of our prospects, all of our best best prospects basically are just together now instead of being spread out across triple A, double A, high A, low A, mid A, all the different A's. Like we just have like our thirty best prospects all in Buffalo together and just like hanging out and becoming their own little squad that is hopefully going to be playing in a extended Arizona fall league. And that's like, just like fuck all the different levels. These are just our best dudes that aren't in the big leagues. And we don't need all of this spread out, all of this, like going through up and downs. It's like, if you're fucking going to be on the big league team soon, you're, you're down there and that's cool. And I think it's going to be hard to be around all these other guys who were projected to be in triple a projected to like hopefully make it to the majors or, you know, be, be in the double a rotation to like be with all those guys. And then if there's a minor league season next year for him to like go down to single a or double a, like that can't happen. So he has to like go from this to triple a, right? You can't you can't fuck with someone's head like that to be like I'm I was playing with all these dudes and I can hit better than this guy who's on the AAA team and now because of like the way we develop in the major leagues I have to go down to AA to prove myself there like fuck that. If I think this has got to be a really tough time for those players that somewhere in their heart know that they're not getting out of the minor leagues or if they make it to the big leagues you know it might be for a week or two weeks or something like that. And to try to manage that dream and do you let it go? And do you just like try to do something else because you're not making any money right now and you haven't made money all year and you're not one of the guys that the team is really excited about bringing up and being a part of the team. That's got to be such a difficult time for those players to try to figure out what to do. Yeah. Hopefully they've got a decent enough car that they can, Drive Ubers dangerously with a mask on somewhere. Because <laughs> 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 that's what they all did before, right? So it's just like minor yeah. league Uber drivers. It's not a situation that is exclusive to baseball players. I mean, how many people have had those thoughts during this time of what the fuck am I doing with my life? And this time is such a representation of the situation that I'm in in my life. And now I'm really having to deal with it at a different level and just trying to think of a way that you'll never have to be in this situation again. And how can I, you know, have one of those jobs that doesn't shut down or how can I make more money so that this time isn't so terrible. And it's just so many thoughts swirling around that I I could imagine that you'll see a lot of minor league players maybe try to figure out something else to do. Yeah. And he also start he start thinking like really selfishly about this so called second wave that's gonna be worse than the first and like so what does that mean for the C E R B if we if if everything gets shut down again in October, like can we can we extend it just far enough this this round to make it to when we have to give it to everyone again? How long is this? How long can the CERB really be? I know, man. That's what's so awful about this. Like, I'm considering going to like serve tables and, you know, having to deal with being around a bunch of people 
who might have it, who I don't know. I don't know how much money I'm going to make. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with it at all. The most likely people to have it are the type of people that need to be drinking on a patio with their friends. <laughs> and I was just in Kingston and they, there's this whole narrative in Kingston now that all the people from Toronto are given COVID to people in Kingston because apparently this nail salon uh, was open for three weeks and served like 500 people. And, and it was quoted as busloads of Torontonians coming in to get their nails done and their hair done and to drink on patios because you couldn't do that in Toronto. And now Kingston that had no cases, all of a sudden had like 20 cases and everyone's freaking out there. And, you know, that's the type of people that, yeah, you'll be serving. So you're getting it. <laughs> you're, you're getting it. And it's just going to be, how does your body react to it? Yeah. I've got a new fear of, of it recently. Like, I feel like I was starting to, like, come around to being a little more lax about stuff. And then, like, a week or two ago, I was just starting to think, like, if I get it, like, it's going to get me good. I just know it. It's going to really fuck me up. And I don't want to deal with it. Two days ago, I was uh, I was eating food and I had such a pain in my chest. It was burning and I couldn't even swallow. I actually had to drop to a knee and I was like, oh, this is the end. I, I have it. And this is just the start of it. This is going to get worse. I'm not going to be able to breathe and I'm going to die here alone in this cockroach filled apartment. And that's just you know the way that it's going to happen. And then I, like you were saying, because I had loosened up my thought about it and then it's been spiked again. Like, oh yeah, there's still this deadly virus that's going around that could still really fuck you up. Yeah. Truly. I, I think I saw my sister shared something on Facebook that was explaining what actually happens when you're on a ventilator, which I had, I just had no idea. And like explaining that you're basically in a coma, that you're not yeah. like fully conscious and you have like these, like it's not just like a mask that you're in like a tube, just like chilling, breathing. You There's a are, lot of like have a spike in your throat that like goes all the way into your throat and it's jammed open and like you're semi-conscious in this like horror nightmare world where you can't speak you all you can do is like think and like sort of experience what's going on around you while you are like maybe dying by yourself and not being able to well there was a lot of doctors that are against the idea of ventilators because they they don't let the body fight for itself Right. They they breathe for the body, and so the body kind of will give up. And so there's a high percentage of people, once you get on a ventilator, will die because the body's just like, oh, well, you're doing everything for me. And, and then other systems just don't really work or fight the disease itself. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> and there's also like, I keep, there's just so much that comes back to me that makes me think this is going to really fuck me up. You know, like all of this stuff about, about uh, men who have have a gene of hair loss experiencing it worse. And then there's like... The you read that or you're just making that up? No, I read that. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> it's apparently a thing. There's like this like sex sex hormone in, in males that is related to, to male, men who lose their hair and like they have a way worse time with COVID than... Uh, so do you think that being on finasteride would help? 
battle COVID or do you think it makes it worse? Because I don't imagine being on any medication, uh, any sort of daily medication is good for the immune system. I'm not saying it's horrible, but I don't imagine that it helps. Well, I just want to know if it's if it's going to be uh, tricking the COVID into thinking that I don't have as much DHT or whatever. You know. Oh, hi, uh, hi, hi, COVID. Uh, you're looking for the male uh, hair loss form? Don't not nothing in nothing here. Nothing to see uh, here. No, no. Hey, what are all those Propecia pills hiding? <laughs> What's behind those? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I don't know. But then I also read like, you know, there's like uh, something going on with like the we're 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 figuring out that something in the gut microbiome, you know, people who have stomach problems are getting having a more disastrous experience with COVID. I'm like, oh man, that's that's not good for me either. You know? Yeah. There's, I mean, I guess the only things that I think, because I've heard when you exercise that you create uh, certain enzymes that help battle COVID. So I'm like, okay, well, I exercise. All right, that's good. But then I'm like, you know, I'm 39. I'm like, you know, that's still like not in the the demographic that's getting overly hospitalized. But I do have a mild asthma. So that will kind of fuck me. And I also just don't deal with being sick. I just... Don't I can't picture a way where I get this and I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. I feel like I will be hospitalized and writing letters to my family. Yeah, me too. I I recently had two of my other wisdom teeth taken out of my mouth. Um, it, it's two weeks actually to the day and it has taken me the full two weeks. I still am not fully recovered. I had complications this time. I had I had wisdom teeth out three years ago, the other side. I had two wisdom teeth taken out, and that night I was at a concert. The same night, this time, like I had these complications with with nerve nerves in my jaw. I still don't have full feeling in my tongue. It feels like I have frostbite on my tongue. Like it feels like just my tongue is burnt all of the time. Well, having no uh, taste buds is part of having COVID. Do you think you have I know, COVID? I know that, <laughs> and I've thought about that. Food doesn't taste the same to me now. And I'm like, Whoa. so you haven't gotten tested. You're just walking around hacking on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Hi guys. I can't feel my tongue, but I want you to know is I think it's my wisdom teeth that I got taken out, but uh, I can't be sure. Anyway, I'm, I need to buy these chips. Could have also gotten COVID while from the operation, from going into the dentist. I had to sign this paper that was like, you're way more likely to get COVID because you're doing this. Do you agree to that? All this sign here, sign here, initial here. I have to go to the dentist on Thursday and they asked me all these like pre-COVID questions. It was like, do you have any symptoms? Are you tired? Does your chest hurt? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I didn't say yes to them. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And you can just imagine how many people are in that boat where they have this lingering thought in the back of their mind, like, I might have it. Yeah. And they're just hoping it goes away or hoping that they don't. And, you know, how many people are being infected? How soft is your stool? (laughs) What color are your eyes? How many hairs did you lose today in the sink? Do you have the male pattern baldness gene? (laughs) We don't want any baldy COVIDs coming into our dentist. Only lion's mane young men. (laughs) Norwood one and twos only. If you have Norwood three, (laughs) four, five, or six, 
you are not permitted to enter. That would be so funny. You start to see signs in front of uh, establishments, restaurants, coffee shops, (laughs) like Norwood one and twos only. (laughs) You will be asked to pull back your hairline. (laughs) (laughs) No hats allowed. As if there wasn't enough societal shame and like losing your fucking hair. Now it's like this thing where people view you as like this weakling who's going to pass the virus along to everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I had one more, one more thought I wanted to talk to you about, (laughs) about baseball and like, again, how wrong about baseball I am sometimes and how, um, like optimistic I am compared to what the reality, the reality of, uh, of baseball organizations are. I was like thinking about the shortened schedule and uh, what the possibilities would be for maybe using a a four-man rotation, you know, because if you had a four-man rotation, that would still be only 15 starts for each of them, which is still half of what it would be in a normal season. I was like, maybe a really aggressive team could take this approach if, if the players are willing. And then, really quickly probably the next day i'm like listening to talk radio or reading an article and they're like lots of talk about six-man rotations no one wanting to take a chance with any sort of injuries players you know like short starts for for uh, starters gonna be a quick hook because and that's what i'm talking about if the players don't want to play i don't want to watch and because that's not about the virus that's not about anything that's nothing that's just all about money and career longevity which is understandable but it's still i don't want to know that I don't want to know that my wife is like masturbating, thinking about other people. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I'm sure it happens. Well, I don't have a wife, but in theory, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that just devastating though? Like imagine what a a team could, how, how like if the players got behind that, if the pitchers, four pitchers on your team got behind that, you could demolish some teams, especially if, if you're going against a squad that has a six-man rotation, you're bringing in your first starter against their fifth now, and your number two is going against their sixth, who's just like some glorified AAA pitcher who's made it in the big leagues because uh, they don't want to compete as, as hard this season. Could could really take advantage of, of, of that. I think it probably comes down to maybe something where the players deep down don't feel like this season, like if they win the World Series, do you know what I mean? That it doesn't have the same weight. And so what am I fighting for? To me, to me it does. Like, because the playoffs aren't expanded this year, it's going to be like mostly the same people who would have gotten into the playoffs. I'm guessing there might be one or two teams that are a surprise that that make the wild card that maybe weren't expected to make a wild card but other than that you get to the you get to the the playoffs and you've still got the same number of games you have to beat the other good teams and so what's the difference they're just less tired just haven't grinded for a whole summer so what yeah i mean it's hard to know where they're at coming into this i mean there's definitely some different types of mental exhaustion that people are experiencing right now with going into this. And I also think backs might be up right now and then once the season starts and they feel that competition that maybe they're like, you know what, I'm going to pitch on short rest. Let's go. Let's do this. But I bet you right now people are being pretty precious with uh, how much they want to work for uh, a shortened season. Yeah, that's true. Well, time will tell. You know, 
I, I also don't understand. Maybe maybe you've heard something about this, but uh, is there going to be any sort of exhibition spring training games? I guess. Well, that's another thing I was thinking about the pitching. I was like, maybe they just feel like they'll be underprepared for the season in general, and so they want to take it easy. Because I haven't, I haven't heard that myself. I feel like maybe there isn't. I, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mark that down as a question that I'm gonna try and research. It's a thing I wanted to bring to this show in general, um, with more detail. I was thinking about, you know, if we come up with a question that neither of us can answer, we write down question hopefully it's like i'm hoping like you know we have a specific question for like john gibbons or like nick nurse or like a specific raptor and i'm gonna do what i can to try and get through i love that you didn't even say charlie montoya you still (laughs) just said we're gonna go straight to john gibbons on this one (laughs) it might might be easier to reach gibby somehow than it is to, (laughs) to get to charlie um but i had this whole thing like i've got this thing we'll talk about on another day about you know whether <laughs> whether Edwin Encarnacion ever felt like embarrassed about doing the Ed wing when he was going around like a, yeah. you know like it's just like there is there is times when he's doing it where it looks like there is a bit of shame right <laughs> like I started this thing and I have to keep it going <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that another time but you know I just want to have this like space where we have questions and we're going to find out the answer um, so this, this, this question for this episode is what's the deal with spring training games? Do they, are they happening? I'm going to do some tweets at some dudes, some MLB insiders. Since, since we aren't that, we don't have any inside information. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that tomorrow. Hopefully that's, that's all tonight's right. homework. Um, but that's all the time that we have for today. So, uh, Hope 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 you enjoyed our first episode back. Um, if you if you like the show, subscribe, give us a rating, tell your friends, um, and we'll be back tomorrow. All right, episode one, boom.